This is a deadly class act. This is a Carefree Black Nerd review over Rick Remender, Wes Craig, Image Comics, and now Sci-Fi's hit show, Deadly Class. Uh, this is episode 7, Against. Uh, when you're watching Deadly Class, when you're listening to this episode, use that hashtag ADCAPod. That will be in the show notes and all over my Twitter. Uh, speaking of Twitter, please live tweet using that same hashtag ADCAPod. Hit me up, Carefree Blurred, and let me know how you feel, what you think, what thoughts are going on. And hell, school me on some stuff. This show is set in the 80s in the counterculture backdrop of San Francisco's 80s culture. Um, some things just look good to me. Some things are a bit familiar. Some things I know nothing about. So hit me up. Hit me up. Hit me up. So, Deadly Class Act. This is, I mean, we're, we're coming in hot. I think we're 10 episodes of season one and we are 75% there. <laughs> so, in episode seven... Marcus confesses the truth about Chester to Saya, which leads them on a citywide manhunt. A few things going on in this show, and it is so fucking good, man. Um, so, let's see. We get a flashback early on, and it's through the reading of Marcus's journal. Marcus hands over his composition book, his journal to Saya, because he's like, look, I know where Chico's body is. She's freaking out. And, you know, it <clears throat> tells about the boys, the boys' home massacre. This shit is deep. We get some more nice comic imagery, and I really like that they have found a way to con- to bring in every episode some comic book flashback feel that fits in with the show. It does not pull you out of the show. It just helps to amplify the story, and a lot of the stuff that went on in these kids' childhood, this traumatic shit, is something that you can do live action, but I'm sure it costs money. Uh, the show seems like it has a decent budget. There's a few different sets, but... It just makes, to me, on the outside looking in, more sense. And it's uh, a better choice, storytelling-wise, to make a lot of the trauma that the kids experience be in comic book form. Also, as a reminder that this is a comic book show. So, there's that. Now, Marcus seems to have been created for King's Dominion. Pretty much, we find out, which we knew, is that Marcus wasn't responsible for the Boys Home Massacre. But we find out that his roommate was. What happened was Marcus was being abused. He he was putting pins in his mouth, trying to make a bomb. Uh, His roommate, who was the the melted face guy, Chester, who was after him in the flashback. I guess he used to whoop Marcus's ass. Marcus fed him a peanut butter jelly or a ham sandwich that had poison. This dude coughing up blood, choking, dying. Then Marcus calls the guards. They come to the room, open the cell. Marcus is hidden behind a mattress, which scene is kind of odd because the, the guards, instead of them kind of checking on the guy who's visibly coughing up blood, they look at Marcus behind the mattress and like, you think that mattress is going to stop me from whooping your ass? What? Are you freaking serious? Like, this is what you come up with? Ah, pathetic. So what happens is Marcus had set off a bomb. It exploded. Pins went into everyone's body, melted their skin. Marcus went after homegirl who was this racist headmistress who hated brown people. And she let it be known. A lot of her wording and, and, and I guess, choice of words seems to be pulled straight from the headlines. Every time you get a, a barbecue Betty and everybody else, this is it's very reminiscent of that. So Marcus handcuffs her to the to her desk 
opens up the cells with all the young boys, let them run out. They start whooping the security guards' asses. But then Chester, some kind of way, got a gun, few guns, start killing everybody, face melted, fucked everything up. So we find out that that's what he's after Marcus for. We knew that he was mad because Marcus is taking credit for something he did, but we haven't got the full graphic backstory like we got this episode. And boy, whoo, that shit was a fucking doozy. So, another thing, Chico is still in the show. Um, He's just a talking head. So, Chester, who's holed up in Shabanam's, Shabanobs, Shabanob, I think I said it right, Shabanobs, Shabanob, yeah, that's it, Shabanob. (laughs) he's held up in his house with his family and homeboy from the party episode who's now his personal pet uh but he has chico's head in an ice bath and chico is talking so i don't take this as chester is being delusional or like psychotic well i mean yes in a sense that he's a insane person who's doing things Deliberately to hurt people, he killed people. But I don't think this is like a psychotic break, or maybe it is. I don't know. Either way, it fits in with the storytelling. Seeing Chico speak still, it's like, okay, this, this, I can get down with this. Uh, to have this man still collecting checks and being in this show. Um, so Chester is hell bent on getting on Donahue. To do that, he wants to be a serial killer. And he enlists his family to help him. And he has them going out killing people and they need to kill him in a very particular way so that it could be his calling card so that, you know, the more bodies that pile up, the more, you know, press he'll get. One of his cousins or brother or whoever this guy is kills a person but doesn't do it in the exact way that Chester wants. And he whoops his ass. He's the cousin, brother, whoever tells Chester this while he's sitting on the toilet. Chester stands up, does not wipe it off, this very graphic episode, and forces the boy's head into the toilet bowl. It was like, this show, this was some shit that I could have done without, but it also fit with the show. Um, What else? We get, oh, y'all know my biggest complaint about this show, where the fuck are the black women, as if black women did not exist in the 80s in San Francisco? Where the fuck are the black women? Well, Gabby is back. Uh, I'm scared for her because the way that they're setting her up to be Willie's love interest, I don't know if she's going to be alive. Uh, They, you know, he goes back to her place. They talk a bit. He gives her some of his, you know, family life and she cuts into him like, is this where I'm supposed to take my panties off? Are we supposed to fuck? I'm supposed to feel bad for you. And he, you know, convinces her to no, I'm not trying to sleep with you by telling you this story. I'm just telling you about my life. I love seeing Gabby, beautiful brown girl, smiling, comic knowledge uh cool confident ultimately they sleep together uh willie gets a text if you call it that a beat a page to his pager while gabby gets up and goes into the restroom now two things enter my mind either one they're going to kill gabby and i don't want that but two i was like what if the show is making it so that gabby is a spy her damn self or she's an assassin her damn self I wouldn't necessarily want that because I like that she's a regular ass girl, a chick who's just kicking it, you know, and saw dudes she like and and is is you know sweet on them. But how wild would that be? Like if we build her up to be this love interest, this romantic partner for Willie, who is a pacifist, who is constantly uh, putting on a show 
every in every arena that he's in throughout his life. What if we build her up and then she turns around and be, you know, a killer assigned to kill him or to watch him and he ends up having to whoop her ass. Now, one, I don't want that because we don't need to see a black man fighting or killing a black woman. But for story's sake, that would be fucked up because Willie, it's like, man, he can't win for losing. As soon as he thought he had something good, y'all done came and fucked him up. But that didn't happen and I doubt that will happen. But whatever. So Willie has to leave and... You know, she stands up and she kicks it to him like, why the fuck do you got to leave? Like, you can be better than your situation. You don't have to be like your family. You're clearly different. Be more like your dad. Your dad liked to sing. Like, it was it was a really sweet set collection of scenes, and I want more. Um, and, and I'll say that they still felt like kids. Like, yeah, they had sex and, you know, they're hanging out or whatever, but it didn't feel like... It was a grown person sex scene. Like it just, though. How, however inappropriate that sounds, like they still felt like they were young in this moment. They didn't feel like over-sexualized. Um, even in the way they were framed, like Willie, I think he had a tank top on. Gabby was always covered. It wasn't some, let's use these black people, these black bodies, it's just purely for sex. You know, it, so, I don't know. I I, I kind of, I'm liking that. I'm liking Willie and Gabby. I like what she is to him because it's going to come a moment when she, they have to decide what the fuck are we going to do? You know, like, and I say that being the show, what are you going to do with Willie and Gabby? You know, um, what else? I want to get to Master Lynn, but I'll save that for last. Uh, we get Saya and Marcus enlisting the help of the Scorpio killer, who is the professor, the the psychopathy psychopathy professor who is chained in his wheelchair chained in his room which is like behind this big heavy stone wall that they have to pull out in order to open it up to him and i really 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 like this dude i didn't realize that i knew him already from uh third rock from the sun you know i'm dating myself from when i was a kid and i used to watch that um as a as a wee little one um, so he, Saya and Marcus tell him that they need his help, which are the words they use. And he flipped that shit on them every which way. This motherfucker agreed to go. He said, but under one condition, I get to eat a burrito or something that he wanted to eat, but out in public. Cause I think he's either wanted for murder and like they're after him. Some kind of way he can't really be out in public is what I got. What's what I gathered from the show. Well, they put a collar around his neck and a leash and run into Billy on their way out uh, to find uh, Chester. Now, the thing that I like about this is Billy, they kind of shoehorned him in, but it, it made sense. So Master Lin has a lot of these traps set up where there's multiple doors and you can only get out if you solve a riddle because there's lions behind one and fire and ninjas. And when he said this, I was thinking, OK, let's say there's five doors. Ninja behind one, fire behind one, and then two with lions, and one is the free door. Why the fuck would it be ninjas just sitting there waiting? And I'm like, okay, this school, anything can happen, so maybe that is the case. But I'm thinking, like, even if y'all working in shifts, what's the point of employing these ninjas to just sit there and fight? And then fire? That seems odd. Well, fire? Not a really good choice, because you can just shut the door. And then the other two that had lions that were starved for months. Cool. Saya figures out the riddle, uh, which is that clearly lions who have been starved for a month are dead. So 
we're free to get out. They get out. That was a cute little moment, whatever. So Billy, Marcus, Saya, and the Scorpio Killer go to eat this food. But the whole time, the Scorpio Killer is like fucking with Marcus. He's trying to figure out what what drives you, what pushes you. You want to kill Reagan. Why? And he pretty much lays out for the audience that Marcus and the Scorpio Killer are two sides of the same coin. The only difference is the Scorpio Killer went left where he likes to kill people and create anarchy. Mar- Marcus has went right where he's trying to make right with the world by killing. He said, we're, we're just, and he, oh my God, it was so good. Like, there's no amount of explaining that I can do that can get across how good the performance was and how good the script was and how good these scenes were. Only thing I really had issue with with this collection of scenes is that Marcus and Saya, and even Billy to an extent, but really Marcus and Saya, were so aggressive and disrespectful to the Scorpio killer. I get that you may not respect him, but you came to him out of a need. Uh, The stipulation was you got this collar and leash around his neck and you're walking him about the city. You, they were cutting into him in ways that I felt like, yeah, everything he did was disgusting and disrespectful and whatever else, but he's your professor and you're, you're coming to this same disgusting person who you don't respect. Why? Like it is some of that just felt unnecessary. Also Scorpio killer, however thin framed is a fully grown adult male. These are kids and yeah, y'all in this assassin school but i feel like he could have took them out at any moment i feel like he could have whooped their ass but he just decided not to like yeah you got me out on this collar and leash but that's because i want you to because i can whoop your ass like i it was such a i felt weird watching these scenes because it was like when is he going to snap and whoop one of their asses i when that didn't happen you know spoiler but uh we we meet up with the kids and the scorpio killer with Francis and his little makeshift family at the dog orphanage where Francis Francis um Chester's about to fuck some folks up uh what is this one white lady in particular this white lady who was dropping off a dog and he was like you know how the fuck you drop off a dog you know whatever he has obsession with animals with dogs specifically well yo (laughs) this fight scene was fucking Heavy. The Scorpio killer came through, and, or slasher, Scorpio slasher, whatever. He comes through and stabs homeboy in the stomach, kind of pulls his guts out. Every, it's a lot of chaos, and it's for a short amount of time. Saya pops out of the roof or something, and she gets to fighting. They, they being um, Chester and his crew, they leave. Leave the kids in their dust. What I found so interesting is, why are you trying to, there's no plan. They didn't have a plan. Yeah, they wanted him, him being the Scorpio Slasher, to help find Chester. But there was no plan. Of what do we do then? Marcus is like, oh, I have to kill him. Cool. How? A gun? A knife? Poison? Karate? How are you going to kill him? You're too close to this situation. You're emotionally invested. And you have these other misfit toys who you're with. What, what, what are you doing? What are you doing, man? What are you doing? So... Clearly, they don't show it again, but the serial, the Scorpio Slasher has gotten away. Like, you can't tell me that he ain't got, I mean, the show might write it so that he doesn't, but when the kids ran after the truck that Chester was in, there was no Scorpio Slasher in sight. 
he was not in frame. He was not in any part of the, the shot. It was a wide shot, a moving camera, nothing. So I would assume, shit, I'd take off running. He's about to keep me here. Uh, but we'll see what happens with that. Other very important thing, Maria. Maria's storyline, she is visited by Chico's dad. He's like, you know, you, you're supposed to protect Chico. She gives this sob story about how she loves him. And he sends one of his goons, which I think is his son as well, to her. And it's like, look, you got one day to find this motherfucker or you did. So, you know, Maria's back against the wall. There's a guy in the, in the, the, is it Sotos Vatos? Yeah, in their clique, which is Chico's crew. Uh, who's pressuring Maria, like, motherfucker, find out why you ain't following up on these leads. He coming at her with lead after lead after lead, and she's like, well, no, you know, we have to be sure, whatever, which is so suspect, man, like, whatever. So, table that for a second. Getting to Master Lin. This motherfucker got a family. So y'all know Lynn was like, oh yeah, when my wife and daughter were killed, I did this, I did that. So this motherfucker didn't lie to all of us. He got a secret passageway out of his office where he can climb up some tunnel, probably a manhole that puts him right at the front steps of his house. Big, beautiful house. His daughter Naya's there. He goes to meet his wife. Now the chick we saw in the last episode or the couple episodes ago where I was like, oh, he got him a little piece. He got him a little girlfriend or something. That's actually his wife cool what's not cool is that you're trying to have your cake and eat it too so he didn't went and and got his family off in this little house somewhere and why your sister visiting the school and now the way the show was kind of laying out the scenes i felt that his sister either knew his family wasn't murdered or she was going to find out the way she was talking and questioning him took me back to that old uh saying about women where it's like Women are going to, they're not going to ask you a question they don't already know the answer to, so you might as well tell the truth. Which I was like, she fucking with him. She's either fishing for information or she's baiting him so that she can, you know, whoop his ass. Well, ultimately, you know, we find out his ass, he got caught slipping. He walks down. They weren't at home. I think they were at him and his daughter were somewhere where they like got off an elevator, walked out, and out of the shadows, Gal, his sister, pops up. She's like, uh, Lynn, wait. He turns around in shock and his heart. She's like, oh, such a pretty girl, blah, whatever. So what she was saying was, which kind of confirmed it for her, during the time that Chico's dad was in Lynn's office talking with Maria about his son, Gal was very observant. So I really like what the show did with her. She was very observant. She was quiet. She was just looking on. And what she said was, you have not lost family. Apparently, her son was murdered or killed or something. She said, we owe our bloodline to the something. It was something like the order or something. She said, my son, any parent who has experienced loss can look past your deception or your acting or something. She's like, no, nah, motherfucker, you ain't been hurt. I've lost a child. Diablo, Chico's dad, has lost a child. You, you ain't lost shit. She said, my loss has made me stronger. Your loss has made you soft. And uh, Lynn before was like, uh, well, no, you know, people grieve differently. She's like, nah, nigga, that ain't what it is. So when she pops out, she's like, oh, you know, it's your daughter. She's 
nice girl, whatever. But now they're going back and forth, and I'm really with Gao on this. I'm with Lin because I, I want him to win, and I want his family to win. But one, I feel like you're being too cocky. If my sister is visiting in town and she's looking at the school, I'm not going near my family at all. I'm going to tell them, baby, look, make up whatever lie you need to to our daughter, but I'm not coming home until a week after this woman leaves. Because he said to her, I had sent some... I had eyes watching you when you were in China doing your thing, whatever, and I couldn't speak to you, but I was watching you and I was very proud of you because such and such. You don't think that she don't got eyes on you? And she, he was like, well, you're the only one who knows about this. You know, you can let me slide. She's like, nah, motherfucker, you soft. And I'm with her in that regard because she lost her kid. Why are you so special that you get to have your family? She was sent off to China at age eight because of how powerful she could have been or how insane they thought she was or whatever. And some test that she was supposed to take or she did take and did well was the same test that Lynn was able to take at 18 years old. So you mean you already got a leg up on her being male. Then you got a leg up on her by being able to take the same test when you're a fully grown adult. She took it as a child and they sent her away. She lost her kid you, but you get to keep your family. You inherited the very academy that is in our bloodline. But I'm sitting, man. I was like, no, nah, I'm with her, man. Like, I don't know. Fuck your wife and your daughter. I don't know nothing about them. I know about Gal, but fuck them. Uh, and so Lynn is shook. He shook because he know that she about to either report to whoever the higher power is or. She finna shake some shit up for him. And she made the comment that, you know, yeah, your daughter, her name is Naya. She was like, yeah, Naya, that used to be my name. And something about the daughter being just about the age I was before when I was sent off to China. Which, what I gather from the show is that Gao was sent off to China maybe to become an assassin. But I don't I don't want to say this is like a sex shot, uh, sex house but there's some it's like she was like a madam at her facility I don't know what that is maybe they're like training women and men to be seductive and get I don't know it's odd I'm gonna wait for more things to develop or if you know listeners use the hashtag ADCAPod and let me know what is Gao's thing like Master Lin runs King's Dominion Gao seems to be running another academy that is similar, but I, I can't I can't put my head around because I don't understand it. But whatever it is that she was sent to, I think that's where Naya, Lynn's daughter, would have been sent to had she have survived and people knew who she was. Uh, it's 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 touchy. It's touchy. It's drama. It's family drama. It's you know. It's politics. It's a lot. It's sibling rivalry. It's a lot, and I'm. I'm, I'm, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> and I'm interested to find out. We only have three more episodes, eight, nine, and ten. What are y'all going to give us in these next three hours? Because, whoo, I'm nervous. I'm nervous for Lynn, his daughter. Like, is his family going to die for real? And if they do, at the hands of who? And after that, what will Lynn become? Like, is he going to be a hard ass, I'm going I'm to fuck you up type? Like, what is going on? Is he going to be that driven angry passionate person that Gao is whoo i don't know y'all stay tuned <laughs> so we end the episode with maria maria got her hair pressed she uh at this bar well take a couple steps back 
the guy who had the hit out on Saya or who kind of had t- um, 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 tails on her, tails, tags, whatever, the guy who was spying for her cousin, the Asian dude, he's at a bar, which again, how old are these kids? Him and his crew, they ain't like VIP. Homeboy goes to the bathroom. He's pissing. Maria comes out. Nula outfit, bone straight hair, still got her makeup on and cut into this motherfucker's throat. He's bloody dead. She pulls him into a stall. Then she tries to kind of sneak out the bathroom. Now, I love seeing this. So she sneaks out. One of the dude's friends that went after him, he was like, uh, I guess he went to go drop some logs, some potty joke, and walks after him. When he does, Maria notices him. She kind of turns her head so he won't see her. And he's like, oh, so-and-so's been murdered. And everybody, all his crew, gets up, runs out uh, to the bathroom. When Maria runs into this Asian dude who's like a busboy. And he's trying to tell on her. She slices that nigga throat. Then she walks out the door into the alleyway where Diablo is. And she gets in the backseat of the car face covered in blood because clearly she needed to produce a body who is the reason for Chico's death. Well, what I'm interested in more than the bloody killing of it all is why did she choose that guy? That is the guy who, you know, was following or reporting, reporting on Saya. But like, does Maria know that? Is there something about that that she's aware of? Like, I, I hope that comes out because it doesn't seem like this show to just leave a plot whole hanging like that. Especially since there's not a whole lot of people outside of the main cast. And the ones who are there are easily recognizable. So, I'm interested to see what what comes of that. Man, this was a really good episode, man. It's hard to believe we got the three more. So, shit. Um, Let me know what y'all think. Did you like this episode? Uh, Did you not like it? Um, Hell, are you even watching Deadly Class? I think everyone should get into it. Sans the lack of black women, god damn it. Um, but yeah, all in all, good episode. Um, looking forward to what's coming on next. You guys let me know how you feel. I'm gonna let you know how I feel. Hit me up on Twitter, carefree blurred. Use the hashtag ADCA pod. Um, shit, until next time, <laughs> stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky, and uh, that's that. All right.